Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on this Sunday morning. Happy to be with you. A lot to get into uh, throughout the course of the show. Obviously, um, uh, thankfully, this this past week is over for the Phillies. Uh, Maybe just taking everything into account in totality, quite possibly the worst week they've had all season. Some of the losses, just uh, gut punches. Losing heartbreaker after heartbreaker this week. So, uh, you know, a bad week for the Phillies. Hopefully, they can now move on and uh, turn the page. Uh, we'll get into get into that and the, the uh, disappointing loss on Saturday a little later, blowing a 5 nothing lead to the Toronto Blue Jays. We'll get into that. A, a ton of stuff to talk about throughout the course of the show. But uh, where I want to start uh, this morning, is is with the Eagles because it has bothered me over the last few days the the level of of angst amongst the fans and people in the media and just in general over a few meaningless series a few meaningless quarters of preseason football and it, it confuses me a little bit as to, first of all, why we take so much stock of this, why we put so much, you know, so, why why we pay so much attention to what happens in these meaningless preseason games. I don't understand it because when I look at this team, I don't have any worries whatsoever, or at least, you know, obviously you have some worries, some concerns. All the time going into a season. But what I'm saying is I don't feel any less confident as I sit here this morning than I did a week ago, than I did two weeks ago, than I did a month ago. Because the bottom line is this is meaningless exhibition preseason football and the results don't matter one bit. I, I'm kind of surprised that we haven't learned our, our lesson over time. You know, this panic over the how the offenses looked and they lost to the Browns and they got blown out by the Patriots. Uh, it's been exaggerated to a ridiculous degree. It really has. Now, is it frustrating when you're, you know looking forward to these games all week because you're such a, an addict for football that you want to watch the Eagles on the field and you want to watch um, good play. You want to see them perform well. Yeah, it's frustrating. I'm not going to tell you it's not. I mean, you don't. nobody wants to watch what we watched the other night in Cleveland. I mean, that was horrific. As a fan, as somebody who, who cares about this team, it was, you know, not 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 entertaining in the least to watch 
that game and see what we saw out of the offense, out of the quarterback, out of the left tackle. Never want to see that. But while it's frustrating, the bottom line is these games mean absolutely nothing. And when we look back on the story of this season and we look back at the end of the year, regardless of what happens, we will not remember what happened against the Patriots in the preseason. We won't remember what happened against the Browns in the preseason because none of it matters. And we've been through this before. I take you back three years ago, almost to the day, August 29th, 2015. Eagles at Green Bay Packers, preseason game. Caesar knows what I'm talking about. Caesar Grimenzi, my producer. I see him starting to laugh. He knows exactly where I'm going with this. If you remember, former Eagles quarterback, um, always will live in our hearts, especially especially mine. You know, one of my one of my favorite Eagles of all time. You know that. Uh, Sam Bradford had one of the great. Great games, I guess you can say, right? I mean, it was, the game happened. One of the great games, I mean, quarterback in Eagles history, I guess. He had three touchdowns in like a quarter. One I remember was the Brent Selk. I I remember this so vividly because I was at a wedding that night. And I didn't watch the game. But I'm refreshing Twitter. And people were going insane about this incredible Sam Bradford performance and he is going to be unbelievable in this Chip Kelly offense let's give him a five-year contract extension right now we found our quarterback of the future Uh, this is it and that was when the hype for that team really really took off Super Bowl yeah, Super Bowl. Everybody's talking Super Bowl after that game. Do you remember that game, Caesar? Dude, you remember oh my that? God. He went like fourteen and fifteen, something not, like just crazy stat line. I think it was fourteen of fifteen. I think one twenty-one and three touchdowns. Yeah, so like that throw to Sproles in the end zone. Yes. Like, oh my god! One was the Selick. One was the Sproles. One was the Trey Burton. That's like, right. Way over the top. Like, obviously yes. over the top. Yes, but if you remember, people went nuts. People went nuts over the way Sam Bradford played in that game, in Chip in Chip Kelly's offense, and, you know, people were talking Super Bowl. That team ended up going 7-9. and nine. It was a disaster of a season. Chip Kelly was fired. Sam Bradford was traded. And, you know, happily ever after for, for the Eagles organization. But it just goes to show these massive overreactions to preseason football it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. I, I, we don't even need to go back that far. And by the way, if you want to get in, 888-729-9494. 888-729-9494. Nine, nine, your AT&T and Verizon cell. If you would like to join the show. We don't even need to go back that far, though. We can go back, what, eight months? Nine months, whatever it was, to the end of the regular season when, you know, Christmas night. Eagles Raiders Monday Night Football. It's Nick Foles was as bad as you could be that night. I remember walking out of my um, my now sister in law's house 
And, you know, I'll admit it, I was dejected. I kind of thought the season was over. I'm like, Nick, for this guy can't get it done. Eagles don't have a shot to win the playoffs with this guy. He was awful against the Raiders. He was awful in the first quarter next week against the Cowboys. And then you get in the playoffs, and I don't know, something something switched. And we, we'll examine, you know, I, I do want to examine the career of Nick Foles throughout the course of the show because Ruben Frank was on with the morning show on Friday. And Ruben was totally right. When, when talking about Nick Foles, you look at his career and you look at his numbers from year to year, game to game, his career literally makes no sense. It is the most insane, volatile career of any quarterback I've ever seen. Like, you have some guys like Sam Bradford are consistently bad. Nick Foles, I, I mean, he is the variance of performances from game to game is just incredible. And when you see that, though, it, it lets you know you can't put any stock into what you see from game to game. Nobody would have thought that that game he played against the Raiders on Christmas night, yeah, a month later, he's going he's gonna to out-duel Tom Brady in the highest-scoring Super Bowl of all time. Th- there's no way you could have saw that coming. These results mean nothing. The Eagles were down their top three running backs, three of their top four receivers, their starting left tackle, a Hall of Famer, and oh yeah, their starting quarterback, who, by the way, I'll, I'll tell you right now, Carson Wentz is playing week one. I'll guarantee it. Carson Wentz will be out there week one. And that's why the whole thing about Nick Foles The conversation is really inconsequential unless something happens to Carson Wentz because I believe this is without any inside information or anything, but I I believe Carson Wentz is playing week one, and there's nothing anybody can say that's going to convince me otherwise. When you look at the way this has been ramped up, the fact that he started training camp going 11-on-11 and... All of a sudden got scaled back. Well, that was because they saw bodies flying around, you know, near his legs. And they're like, okay, well, what's the need to do this now? There's no need to risk anything now. Let's dial it back. But look at when Carson Wentz is now ramped up to do 11 on 11s. It's no coincidence that he starts to practice in team drills right as they're implementing the Atlanta game plan. Because that is when... The coaches, I mean, they're doing work on, on week one uh, right when they get the schedule. But they start to practice these week one game plans on the field, you know, around this time of the preseason. Leading up to the third preseason game is when they start to really implement the game plan for week one. It's no coincidence that Carson Wentz started practicing as they're probably, you know, starting to practice specifically Again, uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. And you just, you can't convince me that Carson Wentz isn't playing week one, but it's just another reason why you can't put any stock, you can't put any place, any level of importance whatsoever in these preseason games. None. None. As I said, is it frustrating to watch? Hell yeah, it's frustrating to watch. Nobody wants to see what we saw. From this team, especially on the offensive side of the football. But it doesn't matter at all. What happened on Thursday night in Cleveland 
is not going to mean a damn thing when the Eagles go on the field on September 6th and host the Atlanta Falcons. It's just not. I think people need to relax a little bit and stop panicking. Because that what happened has no bearing. The result obviously doesn't matter. But the, the play on the field doesn't matter either. This team is experienced. This team has been there before. This team is filled with veteran players who know how to ramp it up when they need to ramp it up. This team will be just fine when they kick off in, wow, 11 days. 11 days. This team will be fine. Nothing to worry about. 888-729-9494. 888-729-9494. Pound 9494. AT&T, Verizon, Cell. And uh, real quick, before we hit the break, I, I want to, uh, and Richard, Richard, we'll get we'll get to you first um, on the show, but uh, watching that game the other night, it just it, 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 some of what I see on social media, and it's, it's funny because whenever this guy calls a game, but Joe Buck is a polarizing figure for some reason. I don't understand it. But I want to I want to know um, what national broadcasters do you like out there? We all know about the local guys, you know, Merrill and and you know is a legend and and, and all the local guys. We we talk about them all the time. But I want to know nationally what broadcasters do you like best? It doesn't have to be the main guys. It you know it doesn't it doesn't need to be the most well known. It can be any sport. You know, guys that call basketball games, football games, whatever. But what national broadcasters do you really like? Because for some reason, people despise Joe Buck. And I don't get it. I think he is the best in all of sports. I think he's he's funny. He has a sense of humor. I've heard interviews with him. Um, you know, not on... Not just televised interviews, but, you know, I hear he goes on with the guys on Barstool, the Pardon My Take guys all the time. He's hilarious on there. He's got a real self-deprecating sense of humor. And he's really good at calling games. And for some reason, I see the minute people figure out the the Eagles are on Fox, oh, we got to sit here and listen to Joe Buck for three out. Why do you dislike Joe Buck? He's not biased, no matter, for some reason people think he's biased. I don't get it. I think he's great. I like Troy Aikman, too. I like that team. I think I think they're um, probably the best uh, NFL broadcasting crew. I like the NBC crew. I like Al Michaels, but we all know about, Col- I understand the, the dislike of Collingsworth. Collingsworth's annoying. And the Super Bowl, I still think it's hilarious that he thought that Zach Ertz's play should have been overturned. But um, who? What national broadcasters do you like? Because if you don't like Joe Buck, uh, I don't. You know, I don't know what you're looking for. So it just just led me to kind of kind of question: What are people looking for in there? What national broadcasters out there? Any sport? Do you enjoy listening to call games? Tom Kelly, Sports Radio ninety four WIP. I have to wear these hard contact lenses, and sometimes they like 
really hurt my eyes. So I'm dealing with that this past break. I was in there talking to Caesar, and then he probably thought I'm, you know, doing something weird, blinking my eyes constantly. But it's these these hard contact lenses are such a pain. I hate these things. You're having a flashback to like a Chip Kelly moment. Or yeah, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not in tears over um anything. You know, I'm not. Ups- I'm not sad or anything. I didn't. I didn't just watch Sam Bradford throw a three yard out. Um, I just it's, these contacts bother me. Uh so that the, yeah, that, that's that's my little complaint for this segment. Eight 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 seven two nine nine four nine four. Eight 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 seven two nine nine four nine four pound nine four nine four. On your AT&T and Verizon cell. Talking about the Phillies. Talking about the Eagles' preseason struggles. Favorite national broadcasters. Off of me uh, just enjoying whenever I get to hear Joe Buck do a game. Baseball, football, I think he's tremendous. So we got all that on the table if you want to jump on. 888-729-9494. Pound 9494. AT&T Verizon. So also, we're doing... NFL predictions is I'm on this show. I'm on tomorrow morning. Um, so this is my last time on before the season starts. So we're going to talk about, you know, NFL predictions for this year. If you have any predictions, divisions, um, who you think's going to be in the playoffs could be a surprise. Love to hear from you on that. 888-729-9494, pound 9494, AT&T, Verizon, sell Robert in Connecticut. What's up, Robert? Hi, how are you, Tom? How's it going, man? Good. First time calling your station. I, I just, Thank uh, you. I'm streaming live on an updated phone now, and it's a pleasure to hear you guys. I listen to you, and I listen to the guys up in Boston, and I really envy you guys that live in the town with only one sports team in each sport because that's how it should be. Yeah. Here in New York, it's way – I live in Connecticut, but I'm a New Yorker. It's way too ugly. You're I, either a Jet or a Giant fan, and you can't, t- you can't be objective and so forth. But anyway – I was a giant season ticket holder, and I am not an Eli Manning fan by any means. I agree with everything you have to say about him. And, in fact, this guy you have on hold, I, I wish I could debate him because you can bring up any point about Eli Manning, and I can shoot it down because I've seen it, I've been there, I know what I see. He's an uninspiring quarterback. He's easy to root for but hard to watch. When expectations are high, he goes low, and vice versa. If the Giants can find a way to bounce into the playoffs again and play on the road and be a heavy underdog and there is no expectations to win, you know, will play through the roof like he always does. Otherwise, he's asleep at the wheel. He's a 500 quarterback. He's an athletic. He can, the shorter the field, the more difficulty he has. It's either a long strike or nothing. He doesn't move the chains. They're boring to watch. I'm tired of it. <laughs> that, that, he's got two 0-5 starts. He's lost 13 games. He's never won 13 games. He averages close to two turnovers a game by himself between lost fumbles and interceptions. Am I still on or am I just babbling? No, you're good, Robert. I'm enjoying. Okay. I'm I mean, enjoying this anti-Eli rant. I'm just taking it in. All his all his positive things are compiled stats. That's all they are. He's a compiler. He's a compiler. He's a compiler, just like yep. Jeter is and just like Carmelo Anthony and all the other heroes, so-called heroes we, we idolize in this town. And it's crazy. But it's a pleasure to listen to you guys. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate the call, Robert. Thanks, man. You got it. Yep. And, uh, hey, there's a Giants fan who really doesn't like Eli. And, uh, you know, uh, he's not a bad quarterback. He's just, he's just kind of, you know, 
just Eli. I don't really know how to explain it. All I know, and this is kind of what I mean and kind of what, what how I judge a guy like like this, like competitors, guys that we play against, like our, our teams. Eli Manning is a guy who's played against the Eagles twice a year for close to 15 years now. I've never been fearful of Eli Manning, ever. Even in his prime, even when he's playing his best, I've never been afraid of Eli Manning. I've been afraid at times of playing a guy like Tony Romo. Tony Romo is more talented. Tony Romo could do more things. Eli, if you get pressure, you're going to beat him. Bottom line, like, he's had good stretches, no doubt, and you you can't take those Super Bowls away. You can't. But I don't know. I just think he's overrated. I think in the grand scheme of things, Eli Manning is overrated as a quarterback. I've always felt that way, and my mind isn't going to change on that. It's not. I've said it before. I'll continue to say it. I just don't think he's as good as people make him out to be. I really don't. 888-729-9494. Pound 9494. AT&T Verizon Cell. Adrian, what's up, Adrian? You could have put me on with that moron. Let me explain something to you. People fail to realize that Eli, how many top 10 wide receivers Eli played in in that Super Bowl round? How many, how, many, how, many, how many top 10 wide receivers he played with? Top 10 he played with? I mean, he had Plaxico yeah. Burris. Plaxico well, Burris is a good receiver. That's it. Okay. Well, well, I'm constantly killing because they don't give him nothing to work with. When you, what, you give him something to work with, Eli's the, one of the top what receivers in the league. What receivers has Tom Brady played with? What receivers has Russell Wilson played with? I mean, what, what, their receivers are no better than Eli's. But, but you got to understand, don't put Russell Wilson ain't in the same, you know. You gotta, we Russell Wilson is also, 10 times, Razor, Russell Wilson is 10 times better than Eli listen, Manning. Listen to me. We talking about guys with multiple Super Bowl wins. We talking about guys okay, that okay, and you, quarter comebacks than anybody in the You league. can we use that. You can say that all you. You really think Eli Manning's better quarterback than Russell Wilson? This is what you got to understand. If you give him, if you give him. Some players, he's good. He hasn't had a, he hasn't had a top ten receiver since Beckham came. In the last he's had Beckham for five years. What are you talking about? Beckham's one of the top three receivers in football. He ain't had Beckham for no five years. Come on, man, cut it out. Did Beckham play last year? Yeah, that was his. Okay, last year was his fourth year. Last year was his fourth year. It's all five years. Cut it out. That was his I mean, last year. Last year was Beckham's fourth year. Adrian, he was drafted in twenty fourteen. He didn't play last year. Come on, let's be for real. Well, apparently he neither did Eli. Listen, he only played three years. You got to understand. If you give him, if you, just like any quarterback you say, if you put pressure on any quarterback, they go fold. You put pressure on Tom Brady. You seen that? We beat him twice. Eli, did you understand the, the type of things that this kid, he has done for New York? Like, he's got two Super Bowl rings. Okay, he's, he's got and, two and, Super Bowl was, wins. One of them was won by the defensive line. I mean, what, what? What do you want me to tell you? You don't think you think Eli Manning is really one of the best quarterbacks to ever play football? You really believe that? This is what I'm saying. And do you believe Eli, that, Adrian? Because if you do, you're I, out of your listen, mind. I, listen, listen. Let me explain this. Thing. Let me just say this to you. What I think is this: under pressure, you put Eli in big games. Eli played played good in big games. Now 
you got to understand, we, we've been a bad team for an awfully long time. Like, our defense went away. We, we he had no offense. He never had a running back. Never. It's always and somebody I, else's fault. A running back. Listen to me. So, them guys that you're talking about, like, like Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson had, had a running back. Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson has. Had, Russell Wilson, for years, has had one of the worst offensive lines in football. He is that entire offense. He runs their offense is Russell Wilson running around and make a play. Russell Wilson does more with less than anybody in the league. No, come on. How many, how he many, does. How many, wins, how many playoff wins do Russell Wilson have? Playoff wins. He has a ton of playoff yeah. wins. How many? Do you think he got more than eight? He's one play away from winning his second Super Bowl. Come on, come on, man. Come on. This Adrian. Is like, this is like Tom, Tom Brady. Tom Brady is one player away from winning the sixth Super Bowl. So cut it out. If you I mean, think Eli, yeah, Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time. I mean, if you think Eli Manning is better than Russell Wilson, you're out of your mind. You are. And Eli beating twice in the Super Bowl. No one, no other. So what? So what? Your So what's your argument? What's your argument? Eli's better than Tom Brady. No, what I'm saying is Eli is a good quarterback. I mean, he's a good quarterback. Yes, he's a he's a good quarterback, but he's overrated. When you say he's this great quarterback who's one of the best in the history of the league, that is overrating him. He's not that good. But, but look at the stats. The stats don't lie. He throws for 4,000 yards every single year. He has, listen, he only missed the snap because they took him out of the game. 14 straight years, he, he, he was under, under center. He also 14. turns the ball over a ton. So do Brad Ford, but he's considered one of the greats. Come on, cut it out. Don't give me the – you put me on that moron out of kill them, man, you put together. Don't give me that. You're not killing anybody, Adrian. You sound like a fool. Hey, listen, he went in Lambo twice. He didn't just be Aaron Rodgers. He beat five, too. He went in there and beat five, too. Good for him. I mean, yeah, the defensive line was good against Favre. You know, good, good for him. They they won they won, a, they won on an interception. They won that game on an interception. Hey, hey, listen, hey listen, let me explain something to you. Eli, hey, listen, and he played, he was a key opponent in on them both of them Super Bowl runs. If you see some of the stuff he did, he had more fourth quarter comebacks than any quarterback in the game. He went in there and beat a team that was eighteen and zero, to make history and stop. Do you that. do you Adrian? Okay, Adrian. Do you think Eli Mad do you think Eli Manning's done? Do you think he's done? Because he, he is the fifth, he's the fifth best quarterback in the division. He's the fifth best quarterback in the division right now. Well, wait a minute. Who you giving him the first one? Carson Wentz. Car- Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz. You, you, you think Eli Manning's better than Carson Wentz? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying, Adrian? The answer the question. Adrian, answer. What is Carson Wentz thought he was going to be the MVP of the league last year? How many MVPs is Eli won? Wait a minute. How many MVPs does Eli won? Listen, he got two Super Bowl MVPs. Okay, you think Eli, do you think Eli's better than Carson Wentz right now? Adrian. Hey, listen to me. Carson Wentz hasn't done anything. Don't nobody know what Carson Wentz is going to be. Do you think Eli is better than Carson Wentz right now? Yes or no? Hey, Nick Foles is better than Carson Wentz right now. What? Yeah, Brett Favre? Yeah, 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 Foley. Axel Foley Adrian, is better. You're not making any sense, man. Foles? You think Nick Foles is better than Carson Wentz? Yes. That's just because he wanted. Okay, so just our, our, our logic is going to be, oh, a guy wins a Super Bowl, he's better than a guy who hasn't won a Super Bowl. No, what I'm saying is when you look at the body of work. You think you Nick Foles' body of work is better than Carson Wentz's body of work? You're out of your mind. Well, wait a you forgot about the, the year Foles was uh, 27 and 2? 27 touchdowns and 2 interceptions? You forgot Adrian. about that? 
Do you? Do you think about that? I, I, I question I question what, whether you understand what you're watching when you watch football. If you no. think Carson Wentz is not as good as Nick Foles, you're out of you don't know what you're watching. Hey, listen, Carson Wentz could have just been hot last year. He might not come back and be no. He might not be no. Okay, we can so deal in hypotheticals all we want, Adrian. So what I'm saying, Eli Manning is the fifth best quarterback in the division right now. Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, Dak Prescott, and Alex Smith are all better than Eli Manning right now. And you add up all those Super Bowl wins, and Eli can double them. Okay, how many how many wins did Eli have last year? Two, right? Right. How many wins did he have last year? How many wins did he have last year? Two. Okay, get out of here, Adrian. I can't deal with it anymore. I mean, that was some of the dumbest logic. And I like Adrian; he's a good call. I like going back and forth with him. That was a ridiculously nonsensical phone call. I couldn't deal with it anymore. I, I I feel like my blood pressure is at an all-time high after that. Some of the statements that Adrian made there were just, okay, Nick Foles better than Carson Wentz. You don't know what you're talking about. Russell Wilson's not a good quarterback. Okay. Russell Wilson does more with less than anybody in the NFL. Their offense is literally, they have a, they've had the worst offensive line in football for the last three to four years. And their their offense is, okay, Russell, run around, run around, make a play. That's their offense. Russell Wilson does more with less than anybody in the league. Russell Wilson is a far better player than Eli Manning. That was absurd. And you're going to argue that Eli Manning is better than Carson Wentz right now? I mean, and, and I love the I love the uh, the argument. Oh, Carson Wentz, he may have just had a good year. Maybe he's not that good. Okay. I mean, if you watch Carson Wentz play and you don't think he's the real deal, I don't know. I don't know what you're either biased or you don't know what you're watching. And there's really nothing else to be said about it. 888-729-9494. pound nine four nine four in your AT&T Verizon cell. I need to settle down. I need to get a little uh, drink of water and calm down after that call because that was that was just absurd. 888-729-9494, pound 949 for AT&T, Verizon Cell. If you want to get, hey, is Eli Manning better than Carson Wentz right now? That's what Adrian said, basically. Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Talk a lot of Eagles. I want to um, introduce a topic here. Uh, for all you fantasy players out there, fantasy football players, obviously this is prime fantasy football draft season. I just had my fourth and final draft yesterday afternoon. I'm in way too many leagues this year. Four leagues is just absurd. I'm in two pretty serious leagues with my friends from high school that I've been in for years. Um. And I'm ba- I got back in the WIP league this year. I dropped out for a couple of years because uh, I didn't like the way Turtle was commissioning the league. But Jack Fritz took over as commissioner now. He's a little better. So I'm back in the WIP league, and I got another league I'm in with like my cousins and stuff. So I'm in I'm in just uh, an absurd amount of leagues. But in my yesterday was my draft for my really like ultra serious league. Um, yeah, pretty pretty. Hefty size buy-in, put it, leave it at that. 
Uh, but I, I had the distinction this year, unfortunately, of being the the last place finisher, the toilet bowl champion, as we call it. And I won the league the year before, but I had a fall from grace. I went from um, number one to uh, to last place. So I had to uh, wear a shirt that said beer boy on it. And, I, you know, I suck at fantasy football, whatever. I had to go get everybody their beers during the draft. We do it at my friend's office. He really uh, goes all out, does like videos and stuff. It's it's kind of kind of nerdy, but it's it's fun. It's fun. But uh, what are your best like fantasy football punishments and and prizes? Because we have we have in my other league we have money, and my friend also from his work he just he's like oh yeah this year uh, I have a bunch of points for Samsung. So I'm just gonna uh, I, I'm just gonna throw in a 65 inch TV for whoever wins the league. It's like okay, well I really want to win this league now. I can use a 65 inch TV. So uh, that was a pretty good one. But what are your best like punishments or prizes um, for fantasy football? I know some people go all out. They have to get tattoos and stuff. I would never do that. Never. Like I would never be in a league where if you finish in last place, you got to get some kind of embarrassing tattoo. Or something like that. I would never do something like that. That's 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 going too far. But um, what are your best uh, fantasy football prizes and punishments? As this is draft season, it's it, kind of sad as you come toward the end of fantasy football drafts. You won't have any more drafts till next year. I was telling Phil during the break, Phil Casey, my producer. Um, I can only do fantasy football. I can't do any of those other sports. It just Way too much. You got to set your lineup every day. I'll do fantasy football. Set it once a week. Uh, check the waiver wire on Mondays, and yeah, that's pretty much it. But uh, yeah, fantasy fantasy football. Your best punishments and prizes. Eight 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 seven two nine nine four nine four. Pal nine four nine four. AT and T ride and sell. Talking about the Eagles. Doug Peterson upset with the media. Consistently asking about Carson Wentz's status for Week One. I don't really know what he expects. It's going to continue until they give us some sort of answer. I don't know if they know yet, but uh, yeah, the, the, the media is going to keep asking, as they should. It's what everybody wants to know, and it's not going to go away. Do you have any uh, thoughts on that? And um, big topic throughout the course of the show, are you worried at all about the NFC East? I feel like we have just, in general, just assume the Eagles are going to roll their way through this division with ease. But, you know, Dallas won 13 games a couple years ago. Washington, solid. The Giants have some good skill guys. So are there any teams in the division that concern you? And the fact nobody's repeated since Eagles didn't know 304 could be a little concerning. 888-729-9494. Pal 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell. And we're also talking about the Phillies and the fact that I don't want to be Mr. Negative. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but what I saw this last week to 10 days really concerned me. And I have serious doubts as to whether this team can bounce back and make the postseason. I think there are a lot of holes. I think there are holes in the lineup. There are obviously holes in the starting rotation when you look at the way Pavetta 
And Velasquez was good today, but he's been inconsistent. Pavetta, Velasquez, and Eflin, just a lot of inconsistency from those guys. And the bullpen struggled. When you look back now at the trade deadline, I, I kind of wonder here. I don't think it's on Gabe Kapler. I, I, you know, you can call me a Gabe Kapler apologist, whatever. I think Gabe Kapler's done a tremendous job. He's not going to win coach. He's not going to win manager of the year unless this team makes the postseason. But he deserves strong consideration. He's done a good job with with not a ton of tools. And the more I look at it, the more I think you know Matt Klintak may have really failed him at the trade deadline. The fact that the big acquisition was Wilson Ramos. And Wilson Ramos, don't get me wrong, he has been good since coming over here when he's been on the field. But that's been few and far between. He hasn't been out there, you know, quite that much. And if this team is going to make a run, they need Wilson Ramos to play, what, 80% of the time? They need him playing four out of every five games. Two on, one off, two on, one off. That I mean, that that's what they're going to need from Wilson Ramos if they are going to make the postseason. Because they don't have enough punch in that lineup without him. Reese Hoskins is too streaky. Odubel Herrera is too streaky. They need that consistency that Ramos can provide. And I, I, I'm, I totally understand wanting him to be healthy into September and October, but the Phillies need him now. I mean, the Phillies, you can't consistently have him not in, in the lineup. And, you know, it is a different injury he's dealing with now. He's dealing with the wrist thing. But the fact that, you know, Klintak dealt for a guy who was on the DL, it took him a couple weeks to, to come back. And just a catcher in general is not necessarily a guy you can play every day. You know, I don't know if there's maybe another route you could go. And when you couple that with the fact that Klintak really did not find a way to improve the deadline, move to improve the bullpen at the trade deadline. You know, he brought in Aaron Loop, who hasn't been very good. Luis Avilon, who we'll, we'll see. He, he he was just added the other day on a waiver deal. Um, we haven't seen a ton of him yet. We'll we'll see. He's a situational lefty. Hopefully, he can contribute something. And also with the fact that he decided not to go get Cole Hamels which, in retrospect, looks like a horrible decision, considering how well Cole Hamels has pitched in Chicago. I mean, Cole Hamels, in five starts, has been one of the best pitchers in baseball. Is there a guarantee that he could, he would have came here and pitched the same way? No. But I have a feeling, you don't, you know, you'd think that coming back a place where he's comfortable in a postseason race that Cole Hamels could have had some success and that he could have added a veteran presence and and just a consistent a consistent arm where you don't have that with with three or five starters right now with Eflin, Velasquez and Pavetta. I don't trust those guys. Cole Hamels would have been a real good addition. And the Cubs gave nothing up for him. They gave up prospect not even in their top 30. Phillies could have had Cole Hamels for nothing. 
And, you know, hindsight is obviously 2020, but when you look back just, you know, four weeks ago, you start to think, you know, with this team really in the mix here to win the division, Matt Klintak, you know, didn't certainly in my mind didn't do all he could do for Gabe Kapler and this team to put them in the best possible position to win the NL East. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.